Hey, we're kicking off a brand new series today called I Love My Church. Does anybody in here love their church? <laughs> okay, well, I'm in the right house then. If you are brand new to OSC or maybe you've just been coming in within the last year, um, this is a series actually that we've been doing over the past two years. This is the third year in a row that we've done this series. And uh, the reason we do it is because we want to pause kind of in the middle of the year and just remind ourselves, remind you of why we do what we do and who we are as a church. We are a 17-year-old church. We, uh, in January, will celebrate 18 years. Come on now. 18 years. And uh, God's just been so faithful to us and uh, over these last 17 years, we've, we've seen so much change. Back in the day, for those that don't know, in the days in, I was just thinking about this yesterday, Pastor Bob, was at the days in, which was used to be the Holiday Inn. And for those that don't know, we started in the Holiday Inn. And in the room that they are preparing all of the stuff to go out to all the hotels is where our church started. I walked in there, I walked in there and I was like, still looks the same. Still looks the same. Um, but we have, we have grown as a church tremendously. Of course, we, have, we are a church, one church with three locations. God's done a lot. We've seen a lot of change in these last 17 years. But I'm going to tell you one thing that has never changed and will never change is the heart and the vision of this church, which is to reach people and build lives. And come on, how many of you know we're going to love people, love God? That's going to be the, that's the, heartbeat, that's the heartbeat of our church more than anything and, uh, and over time, I think there's a tendency that it, if you go to church uh, consistently on a regular basis, we can, over time, begin to forget why we're here in the first place. And uh, we can begin to think about it's just about our seat and my parking space and, and my comforts. And, and so this series is all about just reminding us of who we are, why we exist as a church and where we're going as a church. And, and, I, and let me tell you my goal for, for this series. If you want to just write this down, I think it's in your notes. But here's my, here's my goal for this entire series. My goal for this entire series is to introduce people to Jesus and you. That's my goal for I Love My Church. My goal for this series is to introduce people to Jesus and you. How many know Jesus is awesome? Yeah. Anybody in here love Jesus? Yeah. How many know you're awesome? Yeah. I think you are. Okay, I, at least I think you are. I think you're awesome. And here's what I know. When, when people meet Jesus and when they meet you, their lives never are the same. I know it. I know it. And so I'm so excited in the next four weeks to introduce you to Jesus. I pray that by the end you would love Jesus more than ever. And then I want to introduce people to you. Because you are the church. You know, the Bible says that, that God loved his church, that God gave his life for his church. And we, we sport the shirts, I love my church. But what we're really saying, here's the truth, is the church is not a building. The church is you. Amen. So I want to introduce people to the church, which is you. And I believe that when they meet you, they're never going to be the same. They're never going to be the same. I, actually, I want to I show you this verse. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 17. I want you to see this. It's so cool. It says, you have become an example to all the believers in Greece. This is Paul writing to 1 Thessalonians, to the Thessalonica church. He'd only been in, in, that, in that area three times. He'd only preached three times. A church sprung out of those three meetings. He had never been back, so he started writing letters. He wrote 1 Thessalonians. He wrote 2 Thessalonians. We're in 1 Thessalonians. He's writing this letter back to them, and he's saying this. Hey, guys, listen. You've become an example to all the believers in Greece. Everybody in Greece knows about you throughout both Macedonia and, uh, and Acacia. And, and now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people where? Everybody's hearing about you guys. Everybody's hearing about what's going on at the Thessalonica church, even beyond Macedonia and Acacia. Now watch this. This is so cool. For wherever we go, 
And, and Paul traveled everywhere. He says, wherever I go, we're finding people telling us about what? About your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it. Now watch this. We don't need to tell them about it for they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from the idols to serve the living and true God. How many of you know, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but everywhere Pastor Bubba and I go and Miss Tracy and my wife go, you know who they're talking about? You. They're con- I was, on Tuesday, we went, uh, Jason Bland and myself and a crew of our guys and some people from our church uh, took off to Lake Arthur uh, to just go help them make sure that all of their levees were, were, were good. And so we're doing sandbags and all this stuff. And I'm sandbagging with a guy right next to me. I don't know the guy. I'm sandbagging with the guy. And the guy goes, you're the pastor of our Savior's church. I said, yes. He says, I know all about you. Now, that's a little scary when somebody says that first off. Because <laughs> you're like, what do you know? Okay, what are we talking about? He said, listen, he said, uh, I don't go to y'all's church. He said, but there's a lot of Sundays I, don't, I, I can't go to church, and I watch all of y'all's services on your app. I said, what? Come on now. And, uh, and then I go, I go to where the levees are, and we're putting out all the bags, and, and I meet the, the current mayor now, Ms. Sherry, who's the mayor of Lake Arthur, and I meet her for the first time. I've never met her before, so I'm just out there with her, and she's doing sandbags. Y'all got an awesome mayor, by the way. She's doing sandbags. We're doing it right by each other. She looks at me. And I said, I just want to introduce myself. My name's Josh, and um, I'm from Jennings. And she's like, oh, that's awesome. What do you do? I said, well, well, I'm a pastor at our Savior's Church. She's like, no, get out of here. I said, yes, I am. She's like, can I tell you how much I love the people at your church? She's like, I'm telling you, I know so many people that are at your church that their life is totally changed. I said, yeah, they have. God is changing so many people's lives. She's like, yeah, all these Lake Arthur people need Jesus. And... Come on, can you get an amen on that one? Everybody. I said, you're right. And so does Jennings and Hathaway and Elton and Welsh and Mermintal and all these other places. But she was telling me about you. She, and she didn't even know who I was, which I was excited about that. She just knew about our Savior's church. And guess what that means? That's you. And that's what Paul was saying. Paul's going, I'm going around preaching to people. And they're talking about this Thessalonica church. And that's what we're doing. We're, Pastor Bubba and I just go around and go eat lunch. And people come up to us talking about you. And that's what I love about our church, because it's Jesus changing people's lives and then people's lives changing a community. And this is what this series is all about. It's about us not only just following in love with our church, but following in love with the church, which is God's church. Because how many know we need every church to reach this area? It's not just OSC. We need every church in this area to be a part of this. And so I believe more than anything that God has called us to be in every one church. Now, let me show you this. John three sixteen. if you could summarize the entire Bible into one verse, one verse, John three sixteen would be that. Most of you think Tim Tebow made it popular. He did not, even though he had it on his, on his face during the game. But this is what John three sixteen says. For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and his only son, so that, everybody say this out loud. Everyone. Come on, so that. Everyone, everyone, everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And I believe if we serve an everyone God, how many know we need to be an everyone church? If we serve an everyone God that says, I love everyone, I'm all for everyone, I'm there for everyone, I'm I'm pursuing everyone, everyone is invited into this family. If you just believe you are part of this, everyone, everyone is here. And if that's God's stance, if that's Jesus' stance, then how many know that needs to be our stance? When people think of our Savior's church, they need to think that's an everyone church. 
Anyone and everyone can go to that church. So what happens in an everyone church? If you're taking some notes, let me just give you some things. I have so much. That's why I'm talking so fast. So I only have so much time. But I, I, I feel like God's got something for us today in a big way. So here's, here's the first thing we got to know. If we're going to be in everyone church, number one, everyone matters to God. Everyone matters to God. You matter to God because you know what? Because what God creates matters. Everything God makes matters. And he made you. And you matter to God. And when God looks at you, how many know he doesn't see the outward appearance? I, I, did a, I did a little survey on, on, our, on our Facebook page. If you're not on our Facebook page, go type in Our Savior Church Jennings. You can jump on our, we actually have a group and we have a page. If you go to the group, it's kind of people inside of our church. And I'll pull questions out there every once in a while just to try to get feedback from you and hear from you. And, and here's a question I asked last week. I asked, this is the question I asked. I said, uh, when you invite people to our church, what's the number one question people ask you about OSC? An overwhelming response, over, and I'm talking about 70, 75, 80% of people said, here's the question that people ask. When you invite people to our church, this is what people ask you. What do I wear? wear? Isn't that crazy that the first thing people think of is, what's the dress code? What's the, I, I don't know. What's the dress code? It reminds me of a story of a guy. I, I heard it. He, he went into a church. He, he had some raggedy shoes on. He had shorts on. He had a tank top on, walked into the church, and the, the pastor was preaching and saw him. And the, after the service, the pastor went up to him and said, um, hey, uh, sir, I, I'm glad you're here, but I don't know if you know, but we got a dress code. And uh, I need you to go home, and you need to talk to God about our dress code. So the guy was kind of a bit offended, goes home, comes back the next week. Same attire, raggedy shoes, shorts, cut off shirts, pastors preaching, sees him again in the same attire. Now he's fuming, walks up to the guy and says, hey, listen, I thought I told you you're going to go home and talk to God about it. He said, I did go home to talk to God and I asked God about it. And he said, he's never been to your church. He don't even know what you wear. <laughs> Come on now. How many of you know we shouldn't be putting standards on people that God don't even put on people? And let me show you what the Bible says about this in 1 Samuel, because God doesn't care what you look like. I don't care if you come in with tattoos, black hair, green hair, no hair. It don't matter. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height. Some of y'all went with the no hair. (laughs) You're welcome here. You're welcome here. Says, watch this. Don't judge by his appearance. This was, this was Samuel telling them, hey, listen, don't judge by appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by what? Outward appearance. But God looks at the heart. Come on, how many of you know in our church, we, we, we're not going to look at the outward. It, it don't matter what you look on the outside. It's a matter what God's doing on the inside. And it's sad that we make people dress up, pretty up in order for God to accept you. But not at OSC. You can come in. You can come in. Listen, however you want, you can come in. Shorts, tattoos, piercings, suit and tie, tucked shirt, untucked shirt. It, it don't matter. Black, white. Come on, how many know when we get to heaven, there ain't going to be a black section, a white section, a Mexican section. They're not going to be a, a Catholic section, a non-denominate. Come on, they're going to be people, all people, all matter to God. And God cares way more about your potential than he does your past. And most people don't come into a church because they don't think that they matter to God. But I cannot tell you, you, you matter more to God than you even know. God so loves you. 
He so loves you. And the sad thing is nowadays you look at our culture and they want to, one type of people want to elevate themselves over another type of people. Come on, how many know God loves Democrats and he loves Republicans? He loves, he loves all people, white, black. I mean, all people, all people matter to God. So if all people matter to God, then should all people matter to us? Absolutely, right? They should. Anybody grateful you can come to Jesus as you are? You don't have to clean yourself up. God will clean yourself up. God will do that. And I'm going to tell you, there's room for you here today. Jesus loves you. We love you. Now, I wrote this down. Letting people know they matter to God begins by us showing them they matter to us. I'm going to say that again. Letting people know they matter to God begins by us showing that, that by showing them they matter to us. They matter to us. And, and I love seeing how, how you are the friendliest church. Hands down, you are. So it's the greatest compliment I, I hear every time from people that are brand new about what you do to welcome people. When we say welcome home, it's legitimate. We really mean welcome home. We're glad you're here. And so I wanted to pull some stories of some people, and I'm going to do this kind of throughout the whole message and even throughout this series. You're going to hear some incredible stories, but just little clips of people. Yet again, I go to Facebook to get a lot of these things because a lot of you share them on Facebook. So if you share them on Facebook, get ready. It's going to get shared in my message. So I want to just show you a couple of people that just shared just different things. This is Melanie. Come on, raise your hand, Melanie, over there. Come on. How many love? How many love our worship leader? This is what Melanie said. Melanie said, Ryan, who's her husband now, by the way, invited me to youth group. How many know he wasn't inviting you to youth group? He was inviting you because he wanted to date you. And then marry you. That's all right. He got you. All right. So Ryan invited me to youth group when I was 16. I always felt so alone until I went to OSC. Everyone treated me like family. I had a tendency to isolate myself. Anybody in here have that same problem? But they made sure I didn't. I, I was overwhelmed that they cared so much. I wouldn't be where I am today without my OSC family pushing me, always pushing me outside of my comfort zone, always challenging me. So I'd say the genuine, real love of Jesus that drew me there, it's so present. There's no escaping. It's beautiful. Come on, that's powerful. Let me show you another one. Let me show you another story. This is Miss Jan, who's actually sitting over there. Miss Jan, raise your hand. There she is. She said, I was searching for change in my life, searching for someone to love me in spite of myself. My husband's doing a great job of loving me, but it wasn't enough. I needed a deeper walk and a personal relationship with Jesus. That is what I was yearning for. And after our first visit at Our Savior's Church, now watch this, I felt love like never before in my life. She met Jesus and met you. Not only did I feel love from the beautiful people that attend the church, I finally found what I was searching for, and that was who? Jesus. Jesus. I thank God every day for Pastor Josh and Pastor Bella for being obedient to the Lord. Now I attend the Tuesday night women's group, which is our life groups. You need to get connected. Then we'll kick them off next week. I fell even more in love, and I found beautiful women who love the Lord with all their heart, and that just overflowed in my life. And now I have an amazing family that love me in spite of myself. Come on. That is powerful. One more. One more. I love this. Jericho Bully, she actually got uh, baptized in our last baptism that we had a couple months ago. She said, OSC was the only place that I could go where all my depression melted away. The suicidal thoughts would melt away as I lost myself in the worship and the word. It was a safe haven. Come on. Everybody matters to God. Everyone matters. Hey, let's refuse to be a church that just lets one person go unseen, unnoticed, unloved. Can we be a church that not one person will go unseen, unnoticed, and unloved? We will look for the one because the one matters to us because everyone matters to God, which leads me to number two, which is this. Ready? Ready? Here we go. Everyone matters to God. 
So everyone matters to God. And, and many of you are like, yeah, yeah, I know. God loves everybody. He loves everybody. No, no, listen. He loves everyone. Everyone matters to God. Luke chapter 15, you'll go and you see Jesus tells a story. He actually shares three stories. A story of a lost coin, a story of a lost, uh, 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 yeah, a lost son, and a story of a lost sheep. All of them were one. Luke 15, verse 3, it says this. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and... Come on, you're going to have to help me out here. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the that is lost until he finds it? Now watch this. And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he's arrived, he's going to call all of his friends, all of his neighbors and say, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. Now, let's just talk about this for a minute, though. Okay, so we got two scenarios. We got this one's talking about a lost sheep. The next one, you're going to find a woman who, who loses one lost coin. And the next door, you'll see a father who loses one lost son. But let's, let's just be honest here. The, the, this story says, okay, he's got 100 sheep. 99 of them are together. One gets lost. L- let me ask you this. If you got $100, you lose $1, you still got 99. I mean, no, that's still a pretty good deal, Right? Right? I mean, anybody sweating over the $1 that you lost? You got the 99. You're still good. But then he goes to the next thing, and he begins to share the story of a lost son and, and a lost son. How many in here have kids? Raise your hand. All right. How many have multiple children? Raise your hand. Okay. All right. I have three boys for all those I don't know. I have three boys. And, um, and you know, uh, I'll travel with my boys a lot. We'll go run errands and do different things. Uh, I took two of my sons with me to Beaumont yesterday so they could experience what it is to serve people and help people. And, and all throughout the experience while we were there in Beaumont, here's a question that I kept asking everybody around me. Hey, y'all see my boys? Yes. <laughs> Lindsay's not in this service, so I can just tell y'all this. <laughs> y'all see my boys? Yeah, yeah, they're over here. Y'all see my boys? And I said, listen, if I don't go back with two, I can't go home. Like I brought two, I got to go back with two. Like, it, it's not like I lose one of them and go, Josiah, all right, hey, you jump in. And I come back and I go, hey, babe, listen, two out of three, we're still good. You know what I mean? We'll replace Judah. I mean, he's like, no, he's sitting right here. <laughs> You're irreplaceable, son. You're irreplaceable. Right? Okay. So you lo- anybody lost a child before? Okay. Any mamas lose a child? In here? You ever been around, around a mama who's lost a child? It's not just like, hey, I just wonder where they are. It's like, oh my God. I mean, they're going from pedophiles have gotten them all the way over to they've been killed in the road to, I mean, you just imagine all of the scenarios and everything, and then they come out of the room, and then the mama beats them because they were hiding or something, you know what I mean? Y'all know what I mean? Hey, listen, God, when Jesus was giving these parables, the parable of the coin, the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost son, he's not talking about coin, sheep, and son. He's talking about people. He's talking about people. He's, he's listen, every one matters to God. Every one matters. God is so passionate about us going after the one. He will do whatever it takes to find and rescue the one. And if we're good shepherds and, and we're people who love Jesus, the one will matter to us too. Come on, I mean, you know, if, if two of your kids are doing well and one's not doing well, nobody's doing well. You want that one. If you've got a husband or a family member or an uncle or a co-worker or, and they just don't know God, it, it should break your heart. We should break our hearts over the one because this is what Jesus' priority was all about. And, and Luke uh, chapter 19 says, The Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. I love my church because our church doesn't exist for the people that are here in this room. Our church exists for the people that are not in this room. 
come on, we want to fill every seat with people that don't know God in this place. Why are we going to a third service? You know why? Because we're adding more room for more of your people for the lost one to come home. We need more seats. Everyone, everyone, everyone matters to God. Look at 2 Peter 3, verse 8 and 9. says, God isn't late with his promises as some measure lateness. It says he, he is restraining himself on account of you. He's holding back the end. Now watch this. He's holding back the end because he doesn't want any. Say it with me. Any. He doesn't want anyone lost. And he's giving everyone, everyone space and time to change. God is holding back, I believe, from even coming to this earth to redeem it all because he cares about the one. I don't want anyone to perish. I don't want anyone. I'm giving time for you to change, for you to surrender, for you to submit yourself. The only reason God hasn't returned is because everyone matters. So everyone matters and everyone matters. And, and can I tell you, if, if, if it is not within your heart and, and there's not a deep burden for people that are lost, you're not spending enough time with Jesus. Because when you hang out with Jesus, you get his heart, and his heart hurts for humanity. His heart hurts for people that don't know him. His heart breaks when he's around people. He saw people that everybody else overlooked. He was always with the outcast and the rejected. He was always with the people that nobody wanted to be around. That's the people he was around. Because everyone matters. So here's the question. What's my part in an everyone church? What's my part in an everyone church? Here's number one, invite people. Just invite people. Look at this uh, story with me in John chapter one, starting in verse 35. John chapter one, verse 35 says the following day, Jesus again was with two of his disciples and Jesus walked by John and looked at him and declared, look, there is the lamb of God. And when John told his two disciples and they heard this, they left John and followed, followed Jesus. And Jesus looked around and saw them following him. He says, hey, guys, what do you want? What, why are you with me? Now watch this. And they replied, Rabbi, where are you staying? Now watch this. What's those three words? Come and see. So I want you to see this, this invitation is actually modeled by Jesus. Jesus says, hey, what, what do you guys want? Hey, God, where, where are you staying? Hey, just come see. Come see. Come and see. Come and see. And he said, uh, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard that John uh, said and then followed Jesus. And Andrew, now watch this. Andrew went to find who? He goes to find his brother, Simon, who we know is Peter, who's one day going to be one of the pillars in the church. I want you to see, we, we, we hear about Apostle Peter and all that he's done for the church and the New Testament church and even how he helped birth the New Testament church. But you know how it started, how his relationship with Jesus started? It started with Andrew. His brother goes and finds Simon, who is Peter, and told him, hey, listen, we found Jesus. And now watch this. And then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. I mean, no, it's just that simple. Hey, man, listen, just come and see. Hey, man, what's our Savior's Church all about? Just come and see. I mean, just come and see. Come, come see with me. Come, come sit with me. Come, come be with me. And I'm going to tell you, you don't realize how powerful this is. The statistics say that six out of ten people would come to church if they were invited. Six out of ten people would come to church if they were invited. And so, of course, let's go to Facebook. Let's find out how did people come to our church. You ready? Let's see. Dawn, who's uh, part of our church here, she said, a personal invite from Pastor Bubba. Come on, Pastor Bubba. How many know even us as pastors invite people? Not because we're pastors, but because we love Jesus. 
by the way. Now watch this. This is so cool. So Dawn comes. God starts changing her life. And Susan, who's sitting back there in the back, says, Dawn asked me to come several times over a period of time. And I did, but I didn't stay. But thank God she listened to him one last time and asked me again. Anybody uh, persistent askers? Anybody here? Hey, listen, by the way, when people say no the first time, doesn't mean God's not in it. It just mean they not be, might not be ready quite yet, but you just keep asking again, and you invite again, and you invite again, and you, you invite again. And it was the love of her and Denise Sonia and Bridget uh, Daigle and Christy Petrie and God that kept me coming back. Listen, so she came, she met Jesus, but guess what caught her back? She met not only Jesus, but she met you. She met people. And now y'all are stuck with me. <laughs> we'll be stuck with you all day. Now, this, I love this because if you think that you have to be an adult to invite people, I love this. Elena, is Elena in here? Elena is a teacher at, at Lake Arthur. She said, one of my students wrote me notes all the time on my desk that said OSC 1045. <laughs> Caden, you in here? Stand up, Caden. Come on, Caden. Come on. God, that, that touches my heart. His love for Jesus was so contagious, I will forever be grateful for him bringing me closer to God. You have one special friend, Kiyomi and uh, Martha. Come on. Now, I love this. Ashlyn and Mikey, if y'all know Ashlyn and Mikey, she said, Lindsay Miller harassed me for nearly a year. She's lucky I didn't press charges. (laughs) I'm grateful for her persistence because after church harping our entire life, we found our home. We found our home. It's on our home. Can you imagine what it would be like if every person in this room, every person in this room, for the next four weeks, would just invite one person? Just, we'd, we'd be over a thousand next weekend. Just next weekend. What, what if everybody in this room said, you know what, it's not Pastor Bubba's responsibility, it's not Pastor Josh's responsibility, it's not these super Christians' responsibility, it's my responsibility because I got people in my life that need Jesus and I need to invite people. Come on, y'all with me here? It's all of us. It's yours. You got to take responsibility for it. No one can win your family other than you. No one can win your workplace other than you. God put you in your workplace for you to be that light, for you to invite. And by the way, they're watching you. They're watching you. Here's number two, serve people. Let me wrap all this up. Serve people. Hey, which by the way, let me just go back to invite. You should have received one of these on, the, on your, on your uh, seat. Everybody got one of these? Wave these at me just so I know you got them. Okay, listen, we have over 4,000 of these sitting out there in the foyer. Grab 10 of them, 20 of them, 30 of them, put them everywhere, invite somebody, get, put it in their hand. Can everybody, hey, can everybody commit to do that? Put it on a toilet, in a bathroom, put it on your workplace, put it on the calendar, put it everywhere. Just put it, just, let's invite, let's invite, let's invite, let's invite. It's got our new service times, by the way, on it. All right, sir, people. I mean, though God hasn't just called us to invite people, he's also called us to get involved with people. So sometimes inviting is even the easy thing. Hey, just come to my church and just kind of sit back. God hasn't called you just to invite. He's called you to get involved. And your greatest, avail- uh, your greatest ability is your availability. Your greatest ability is your availability. Now, now let, me show you, let me show you a story of how someone who served people and got involved, Mark chapter 2. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. And soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room. Come on, sounds like our Savior's church. Come on, how many know wherever Jesus is, how many know we believe that every seat should be filled wherever Jesus is? 
even outside the door. So they had like overflow seating outside. It says, and while he was preaching God's word to them, four men, four men. We don't know who the men are. They're unnamed. We have no idea who these guys are. All we know is they got a friend. This friend is a paralyzed man, and they're carrying this man on a mat. And they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. I love this. So they go try to get him in. Say, hey, listen, we got this guy. He's paralyzed. He don't got no legs. We know Jesus can heal him. He needs to heal him. And they go, nope, we're full. We're full. We're at capacity. We're at capacity. So, you know, we got to add a third service here. We're at capacity here. We got to figure out something. And I love that they don't take no for an answer. They go, we're going to get this guy to Jesus some way or the other. So they go up to the roof and they dug a hole through the roof above his head. And then they lowered the man, da- man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. All right, y'all don't want to get it. We'll get him there. I promise you. And they dig a hole in the roof, and it says, in seeing their faith, I, I find that to be so awesome. Jesus doesn't see the man's faith. He sees their faith. Amen. Come on, how many know some people don't got faith to get here, but you got faith enough for them to get them here. You got enough faith that God's going to show up. And he sees their faith. And now watch this. And Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Now, I, let me just pause here and just say this. If I'm the paralyzed man, I'd be like, uh, but what about my legs? Anybody else in here thinking that right now? I mean, I mean I'm glad I'm sin, you know, I'm glad the sins are forgiven, but uh, I came for some legs. We'll get to that in just a minute. But I want to focus just for a minute on the four men. On the four men. The four men that didn't just invite, the four men that got involved and they brought. Could I tell you, some of you, you can't just invite. Some of you say, I will pick you up at your house right. at 1045. I will pick you up and I will, I will buy you lunch. Sometimes you got to bribe people. That's all right. How many know if they give their heart to the Lord and their life has never changed, that's the best meal you could ever pay for. So we don't know these guys' names. We don't know anything about them. All we know is that when he couldn't walk, he had guys around him, friends around him that picked him up. I believe that's a picture of the church, that when we can't walk, the church picks us up. And come on, we bring the broken and the hurting to Jesus. Anybody know some broken and hurting people that need Jesus? God's waiting for you to get involved. You're praying that they would come to know Jesus, and God's going, you're the answer. Just get involved. Invite. The greater your efforts, the greater your expectancy. I'm telling you, there's nothing more exciting than when you bring somebody brand new here to church. I tell people all the time, they come up to me or Pastor Bubba and go, hey, listen, I got somebody new. Don't screw it up. (laughs) All right, no pressure. Okay, all right, And how many know we do everything that we can within our church to make sure that every person that here that's brand new feels right at home, that they experience Jesus, that they encounter you. But how many know when you come and you invite somebody, you have a greater expectancy than ever before when you come by yourself. And when we go, hey, all heads bowed and hey, raise your hand if you want to. How many know you looking? Yes. Right? I give you full permission to look if you bring somebody. If you don't, keep your eyes shut. <laughs> but if you brought somebody, you can, just, you can just peek over and just look. We want to get involved. 1 Corinthians 9, 19. I love this. It says, this is Paul saying, he said, I became just about every sort of servant. Everybody say that. Everybody say servant. I became every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-safe life. A God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. And I love this. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. 
Come on, anybody here sick and, sick and tired of just talking about it? Let's be in on it. Let's get in on the mission of God. God is seeking and saving those who are lost. And it's impossible. It's impossible to spot anybody else's needs when all you are consumed with is your own. If all you're consumed with is your own needs, it's impossible to see anybody else's need. And everything we do revolves around serving people, reaching people, serving people, reaching people. At 1 o'clock this afternoon, we'll go to Days In. And we're going to have people there, and we invite you to come, and we're going to serve over 400 people in our city that are evacuees. And we're going to just serve and serve and serve and serve, because how many of you know serving people opens the door for people to go, why are you serving me? Which opens the door for us to tell them about the hope that we have in Jesus, which gives us the opportunity to lead them to Jesus in all that we do. We're going to serve. We're going to reach people. If you're in here and you're not on the dream team, you haven't gone through next step, get involved, get involved, get involved, get involved, get on the dream team, get on the next step. Our willingness to get involved as a church triggers heaven's willingness to get involved in our church. And so let's get involved. Let's, so let's, let's invite people. Let's serve people. And the last one is share your story with people. Share your story with people. Mark chapter two, verse 10, Mark chapter two, verse 10 says, then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man now watch the same story, okay? So he, he's, he, he experienced Jesus and, and he got his sins forgiven, okay? Now we want to know about the legs, but how many know sometimes God will give you what you need, not what you want? Amen. He wanted legs. God said, no, you need me first. And now that you got me, now watch. Now I'm going to bring healing in every other area of your life. So I'm not only going to heal your heart, now I'm going to heal your legs. So he turns to the paralyzed man and says, stand up. Now watch this. Pick up your mat. And go home. Go home. That's, that's key there. And the man jumped up and he grabbed his mat. And he walked out through the stunned onlookers. And they were all amazed and praised God exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. May that be said of our church. When people walk into here and they walk out of this place, they go, We've never experienced anything like this before. We've never seen anything like this before. But I want to I pose one question to you. Why did Jesus tell him to take his mat? You ever thought about that? Why would he tell him, hey, listen, if I've had that mat for my entire life and I've been a beggar for my entire life and Jesus gives me legs, that mat is staying in that house, right? If I'm getting out of that wheelchair, that wheelchair is staying there. Those crutches are staying there. Those pills are staying there. I'm not bringing that because that, that defined me. That's what, who I was. And Jesus was telling them, listen, your scars have a story. Your mat has a story. You need to go back home, carry your, and now you're carrying your mat back to your house. And people are going to be like, what the heck happened? And now, now, with your mat, you walking up in here and go, you know what this is, right? This is my mat. I used to lay on this. I don't lay on this anymore. And listen, what this mat represents is his story. Amen. This mat represents his past. This mat, most of you want to get rid of your past. You don't want to talk about your past. You don't want to talk about your brokenness. But your brokenness is what Jesus uses to point people to Jesus. So, so be vulnerable, be open. Because listen, we're all in here needing Jesus. You don't have to, you don't have to fluff up your story. However bad it was, use the mat. The mat is there. Our scars tell a story, and your story is the most powerful tool you have, and it is a gift. But some of you are holding on to your gift, and nobody else gets to experience the gift that God's given you because you're quiet. Share your story. Find people all over the place, and it doesn't have to be long, and it doesn't have to be weird. You don't have to be like, well, brother, listen, uh, you know, I was... I was good for a little while, and God sanctified my holiness within me. And, no, don't do all that. Don't act weird. 
Just be like this. I was jacked up, screwed up, messed up. And God came and he showed up and he changed me from the inside out and he can change you too. You want to come and see? (laughs) Y'all with me? It's easy. Share your story. Can I challenge you with this? As we prepare for these three services, we want to see people packed into this place. We want you to invite people. But when you invite people, would you just share your story? Don't just, don't do the easy, hey, just come to my church. Tell them why they need to come. Tell them what God's done in you. Can I challenge you today? Maybe today, if you have a, if you have a social media page sometime this week, whether it's today or this week, just share what God's done in your heart. Share what God, it don't have to be long, but just share. Can I tell you right now, more people are coming to our church because of your story than they are mine. They're coming because they're seeing life change in you, and you need to share it. People need to hear it. People are longing for this because here's what happens. when you're, People don't ex- get excited about hype. They get excited about real. Amen. So when they walk into this place, it's not because it's hyped. It's because it's real, real change. They're like, I know him. He was a punk. <laughs> like if God could save him, he can save me. I'm not pointing to David. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? All right. So let me end with this. Let me end with this. We're done because I got to wrap up. Here's my last challenge to you. Ready? Do for somebody else what God and OSC has done for you. That's my challenge today. Do for somebody else what God in this church has done for you. Go do it for somebody else. And I'm going to tell you, if we will commit as a church to do for people what God has done. How many know God, how many God rescued you? Anybody in here? How many, how many God loves you? How many of God's forgiven you? How many of God's blessed you? Do it for somebody else. You know why we show up at one o'clock at Days Inn? Because at this time last year, people showed up for us. Come on, so we're going to show up for other people. We're going to do for other people what God has done for us and what other people have done for us. And whatever God in this church has done for you, go do it for somebody else. Amen? Bow your heads in this place. God, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing, the stories that are going to be shared over these coming months. But God, we just begin today with... A reminder that everybody matters. Everyone matters. Everyone matters. Normally, I'll, I'll ask you just to ask the Lord right now, what is it that you're, you're speaking to me? But I, I want to I change the question today, all right? Here's the question I want you to ask. God, who do you want me to invite? Who do you want me to share my story with? And right now, if somebody's popping into your mind right now, write it down. Just write it down. And I'm going to tell you, the Spirit of God is going to begin to prompt every single one of you with people, with names, with faces. We're in every one church. We want to see everyone in our family reach for Christ. We want to see everyone in our business experience God. We want to see everybody in our neighborhood, everyone in our class, everyone in our schools. But it's our job. We, we get to play a part. 